Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Paresh Patel. Paresh, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's let's go. Paresh is the founder and CEO of Pay Range. He's a lifelong entrepreneur, having founded three successful companies, one of which was ranked number 83 on Deloitte's Technology Fast 500 list. Excited to have you on. Paresh, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah. Hey, George. Happy to be here. Um, so I... Uh, Grew up here in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, and at an early age, my parents had uh, bought a small business, and it really instilled the entrepreneurial um, mindset in me, and uh, I actually worked in that small business, and then by the time I was in high school, I um, was already out on my own and started my first company, uh, which was a vending machine company, and uh, grew that going through school, and uh, kind of, so to speak, the rest is history, kind of led one business to the next, to the next, and now I'm on the technology side. Nice. What a nice thing or a wonderful gift to uh, to be raised by entrepreneurs and they gave you that. What what was it? It was just seeing what was possible? What, 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 what was it that you think set you off on that on that right path? I guess it's just seeing that you could do anything. Uh, you are working day to day, hands on. Uh, there are problems day in and day out, but nothing really becomes insurmountable. Uh, we have to find a way through because, frankly, failure is not an option. There's nobody else that you could just pass this on problem on to. You got to solve it and deal with it. And um, I like that part of it. Uh, it's like taking that challenge and uh, working to solve a problem. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. No problem is insurmountable. It's going to take hard work, but with that, you could probably make it happen. So, yes. At, at this stage, does it feel like uh, life is almost just 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 like a long journey home with with your first company being vending machines and now Pay Range? Oh, I, I I guess probably the better question is tell us a little bit about Pay Range. Yeah, sure. So uh, what, what PayRange is, is we're a mobile payment solution for uh, small ticket commerce. And that basically means uh, transactions that people do on a routine and frequent basis for uh, uh, usually small amounts, uh, $1.50, $1.75, $2. So these are things like vending machines, laundry, car washes, vacuum cleaner, amusement, things like that. And the really the the innovative aspect about the way we're doing it is we built an app that works much the same way like the Starbucks app would work. You load in 10 or $25 in there uh, with the bank account transfer or a credit card or a debit card or Apple Pay or Google Pay. And once the funds are in there, you can do a series of transactions from that, just like you'd be buying coffee every day. But if you went to a vending machine or a laundry machine, you would just use that wallet. And the transaction itself is completed uh, very fast and very securely. And so consumers uh, love it. Yeah, I certainly that, that 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 certainly does make sense. So, how did you decide, or or rather, how how is it structured? If um, do I need just the pay range app, and I load it, and then I figure out where I can use it? How 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 does it work? Yes, yeah, no. So, uh, great question. So, one of the things about uh, vending machines and laundry machines is that. 
they have largely been cash and coin based and on the laundry side, literally just coin like quarters. And the reason for it is, is they don't have technology on the machine side to accept any kind of digital payment. And while card readers or credit card readers have been around for many years, uh, in unattended retail, they hadn't gotten much penetration. And the reason for that was it was just so expensive to bring a credit card terminal to each and every single machine to bring a network connection, which usually meant cellular network connectivity to each and every machine. And then you were processing small transactions, $1.25, $1.50, which are very expensive to do on a credit card and debit card network. And one day it just occurred to me, why connect the machine when the user is already connected? And more specifically, the user has a smartphone that is the computing platform, that is the hardware that's necessary, hmm. that does have the network connectivity. And really all we need on the machine side is a, a bridge, if you will, to communicate to it. So what we did was we developed a uh, inexpensive Bluetooth dongle that gets installed in a machine in literally seconds by the machine owner. And then that allows the smartphone to talk to it and send digital payment. And so that's what we did. Uh, it's a patented approach. And um, we've been building that network out. And today we're in pretty much every city in the U.S. and Canada, 350 cities. We've got hundreds of thousands of machines out there. And we continue to add more. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform, for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Was that like this ultimate moment of clarity where you just got the, you just clicked that I don't need to hook every one of these machines to the internet because the users already are? Yeah, actually, it, it is an interesting story because it was a, a literally a singular moment of clarity. I was uh, one night I was uh, driving with my uh, kids in the back seat and my low pressure tire light came on on my car. So we pulled into a gas station. It was uh, late at night and went to go put air in the uh, tire and. I was literally a quarter short. I couldn't turn on the air machine. Oh, no. Gas station was already closed. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, I have the money. It's not like I don't have a dollar. <laughs> right. I have a credit card. I have uh, my phone. I have everything I need to do, except I can't tell this machine that I have money and that's all I need is air. And the price was not even, I would have paid two bucks for the mm -hmm. air right now if I could do it, right? It wasn't even about the fact that I was just a quarter short. It wasn't about the money. It was just like I couldn't tell the machine. And so I'm sitting there and I realize my phone is connected to my Bluetooth speaker in my car. And it's interesting, I'm like how I can make a call, hmm. why can't I just tell that machine that I got the money? And that's when I just realized we need a little Bluetooth dongle in that machine so I can let it know I have money. Amazing. So each one of these, these, these Bluetooth dongles has its own, for lack of a better term, serial number. So, so my phone knows that I am interested in giving two bucks to the air machine in XYZ car wash or, or gas station in XYZ city. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm grossly simplifying the complexity here. This is obviously <laughs> very complex. And in fact, one of the things when I came up with this idea was everybody told me, well, it can't be done. You can't use Bluetooth mm -hmm. for payment. 
um, and and it's not going to be secure. And you're also using just a single network connection, so you're going to be susceptible to all kinds of uh, security issues like replay attacks and spoofing and all that kind of stuff. And and um, you know I was unfazed by that, and we worked on a, a approach that we uh, finally figured out how we could do this and do it in a very secure manner. Fascinating. What was what was the hardest thing? Um, I think the hardest point is just really, for me, it's not necessarily getting, uh, um, you know, you hear a lot of no's and that's impossible. That's not going to work. That part is not necessarily the hard part for me because I, I don't I don't let that uh, deter me. I kind of work through those challenges. I think the hardest part is usually um, trying to figure out how to make it all work, right? Like not just you get it, you get it to work, but it's not just the technology part. Then you got to figure out the consumer experience and then you got to figure out the business part of it. And then you got to figure out how you're going to raise money to build this thing out. And then how are you going to build it? And so it's just connecting all the different pieces together and kind of moving everything along kind of in tandem as you need to. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's the lessons that you learn from senior parents, that uh, there's no problem that's insurmountable. So when you hear it's impossible, you're like, yeah, okay, very well. I'm just going to keep going in this direction then. Um, and then raising money, talking to probably people or banks or whoever it was with this impossible idea, um, fascinating. And then obviously bringing it all together. So do you see a time in, in the – are, are we moving towards – well, obviously we are – how, how how long before, if ever, are we just a totally cashless society? Well, you know, uh, I think with this pandemic, it definitely has put strong tailwinds behind uh, getting more and more cashless out there. Uh, coin and cash is inherently a very dirty uh, uh, exchange. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, you, when you are handling cash and coin, um, and if you especially handle a lot of it, your hands get very, very dirty and uh, and you can tell that and and um i think that uh while we're not there yet we're definitely on the path to becoming very very cashless i don't know if we'll completely be cashless but there are things that work in in our opinion kind of like the last frontier of digitization and that was this small ticket space mm-hmm. uh if you think about retail you think about of course online and you think about restaurants and coffee shops and all of that kind of stuff has you know largely been penetrated with uh, credit card readers and things of that sort but some of the last places are the things that you actually interact on a frequent basis the the laundry machines the parking um the sometimes the transit ticketing and the the video games and all of that kind of stuff and so that's kind of the the small ticket space just structurally was very difficult to bring cashless payment to that and i think we're finally getting there where that stuff will actually get digitized as well interesting do you have a is it knowable is it possible to know when somebody is actually downloading your app to use it like is it in the moment where they pull up somewhere and and they see oh this this takes pay range and so they download the app right there yeah no that's actually a very good question uh the vast majority of our downloads actually occur 
at the machine literally yeah. as they're standing in there someone <laughs> says hey i need a diet coke or i need to wash my clothes and they don't have enough change i i think we at one point we had estimated like 99.9 percent .9 of our downloads happen at the point of purchase wow. and, and and i'll also mention that as an interesting insight because when i first started this company and i was pitching investors um the interesting thing is most investors are not vending machine users and laundry users. Mm. So they don't have that mindset of what that person is going through. And the first thing that they all told me, like vast majority of them told me, is no one is gonna stand at the front of the machine and download the app. Uh, they said, no one's gonna download the app. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they will, because I was in this business. I know how, how frustrating it can be when you can't get what you want. I also know how frustrating it is when somebody doesn't get the soda or can't wash their clothes. Mm -hmm. and it's a 30 second download, I was like, of course they will download it. It's a lot faster than running to the bank to get a roll of quarters. And the number one criticism I got was, no one's gonna download the app. And now millions of your uh, users later, I can definitively say, of course they will. 99.9% .9 of our downloads are occurring when they're in front of the machine. That's fascinating. Is, and I, I can't remember, is, 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 is that what you were expecting? Well, I, I think that we did, it was uh, very uh, aligned with what we were expecting. We didn't think we didn't think that someone would be on their couch at home thinking, oh, you know what? I might need to buy something from a vending machine. Let me just go ahead and download this app and get set up right now. We didn't yeah. think that was the use case. We felt like it was always this industry is always immediate consumption and impulse base now kind of thing. And so we had always expected that it would happen at the, at the front of the machine. And that's why we don't do things like, it's not like we're running Facebook ads or Google ads and trying to get people to download the app when they're not at a machine, because we just don't think that's uh, at least not yet. We're not ubiquitous where you can just use it anywhere. You have to be, somewhere where there's a pay range machine. So we always felt like it was going to be at the point of sale. But the hard thing was convincing uh, people who didn't understand the space that that would actually happen. And it actually goes to uh, also show that if you have conviction, um, one, you'll end up finding somebody who does believe what you're saying. And B, uh, you can prove everybody else wrong because if you really know what's going to happen because you understand this space, uh, go with it. Go go with it. Don't try to change your thinking to match because if I would have changed my thinking to say, okay, well, let's forget about the fact that no one's going to download at the machine. Let's try to get everybody to download it before they get to the machine. That probably would have caused us to not succeed because that would have been just, I think, impossible to get people to download it uh, in advance. Yeah. Not yet, right? Yeah, you'd have point zero zero one or or whatever versus the ninety nine point nine. That, yep. that, that's 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 incredible. And then I, I read that uh, that you, that that the dongle can be installed on machine in less than a minute. So that is obviously you've removed a lot of the friction. But how do you even alert the operator to to your to your existence? And how do you how do you how how did you get that to scale? Well, so the, the, that was, again, another thing that was really a key insight uh, from my days as a vending machine owner. I knew that most of the technology that had ever been invented for vending machines had always been very complex and con convoluted. Um, if I showed you the wires it takes to connect 
inject a card reader into a vending machine, it literally it's like a, it's a maze of wires, right? Like yeah. you have an antenna wire and you got a power cable and you got a communications cable. And it was just like it was all kinds of stuff that needed to be plugged into it. And you had to drill a hole and you needed a stepladder and all of that kind of stuff. And as I was developing the solution, I said, it's not just about the consumer experience. We have to make it easy for the machine owner or the technician as well. And it's got to be really, really easy. It's got to be plug and play. It's got to be like plugging in a thumb drive into something. <laughs> and so um, I, I said, hey, first thing, I don't want any wires on this thing because the, just having wires on this thing will make it look complicated, A, B, it potentially opens a door to getting it installed wrong and all kinds of different things. So we we had to create a device that literally is like a dongle with no wires. But again, that's where another challenge came in. The connector that's required to connect into the machine actually does not exist in the world to be added to the end of a circuit board. It's always designed to be at the end of a, a wire. Hmm. And so I went to my manufacturers and they're like, you can't do this. And I'm like, well, that's the way I wanted. They said, well, why don't you just put a little wire on the end of the circuit board and plug it? I go, I don't want a wire. I want it to be on the circuit board. <laughs> so long story short, we ended up having to make a custom connector. And so, but at the same time, if you look at it now, that was part of the decision process that allowed us to develop an installation process that was really fast and uh, not sacrificing just because people say no. Amazing. Everybody's telling you no, Paresh. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's the life of an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Like you see things that other people don't see. Everybody else is living in the current reality and entrepreneurs are trying to figure out what the future reality is. And so uh, it, it, it is the name of the game, actually. And has I imagine that the reception from the actual owners and the users has been a positive. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it, it's uh, one of those classic win-wins. It not only does it improve the user experience, um, the, it makes the transaction faster, it's more convenient, it's more secure. But the consumers, because of all of that, are actually spending more too. Uh, so they, they, you know, they're not. Uh, for example, in laundry, they're not just restricted to a roll of quarters and trying to shove all their mm. whites and colors in together and then pulling the clothes out of the dryer before it's fully dry and hanging them in their apartment room. Uh, what they're doing is they're make, you know, they're separating and they're not overloading the washer and they're splitting their dry load so it dries faster. But all of this actually benefits the machine owner too now because their machines have fewer service calls, fewer breakdowns, fewer less wear and tear, and they're getting more cycles and they're increasing their revenue. So the consumer is happier, but the operator is actually happier too because they're getting more sales. I yeah, that's fascinating. So many so many fascinating aspects to this and I know that I've read studies in the past about how we just as human beings spend more when it's done with a credit card or virtually than we do when it's cash. So that certainly makes sense. I love it. Yeah, and it's it's what's also interesting there is that um, there's a lot of ingrained thinking that's kind of like hard to break through sometimes. Because when I first went to again to the laundry companies and pitched them on my idea, I had a CEO of one of the largest laundry companies in the U.S. tell me, "Well, I could see how somebody might buy an extra bag of Doritos from a machine." But people have only so much clothes to uh, wash. I don't see how this would actually increase 
my sales. And so me investing in this technology is actually going to eat into my profit margin, not improve it. And that is the old school thinking mm -hmm. that had kept this industry for the last 50 years uh, in the, the dark ages because they were not investing in technology because they felt like they had captured all of the potential sales that were already there. So why invest in technology uh, when I'm getting all the revenue I'm going to get. And I said, well, that's not necessarily the case because you are being limited by the amount of payment that a person can actually put into your machine, not necessarily the how much clothes they're wearing. And, and so we proved them wrong and we showed that you could actually lift sales 20, 30, 40% just by making it easier to pay. Incredible. Resistance with everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's, again, like I said, that's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah, amazing. That's awesome. Well, Prash, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I think uh, we just actually just yeah. touched on it during this talk, which is uh, don't be uh, phased by the uh, problems that other people throw at you. Uh, you'll hear a lot of no's. You'll hear a lot of that can't happen, that's impossible, no way. Uh, but just keep in mind that people are living in the reality that they have today. And as an entrepreneur, we're painting a future vision and let's make it happen. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Paresh, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Well, um, they can uh, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Paresh Patel, or um, our company website is payrange.com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Paresh your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to payrange.com. You can find Paresh on LinkedIn. I will include all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Paresh. Yeah, thanks, George. It was fun to be here. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.